Coming up on the season finale of BYU football with Kalani Sitake, the Cougars trailblaze a November path to bowl eligibility. And Coach Sitake's pursuit of another no-loss November culminates in a showdown with Stanford, a team BYU has never beaten. Plus, several BYU football seniors will join us live for an alternate send-off from Studio C. Let's celebrate next on BYU TV. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. I am Spencer Linton, sitting in for the fabulous Greg Rubel. We are live on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us back inside Studio C in Provo, Utah. For those of you joining us live, you're always invited to use the Opine Instant Polling app, download that app, then watch the side of the screen for poll questions throughout the show and a reminder to include our social media hashtag, Sitake Show. A jam-packed show, frankly, featuring an in-depth review of the senior night 52-26 win against Utah Tech with analysis from Coach Sitake. Wide receiver Chase Roberts had a long touchdown catch in Saturday's win. He's in the film room. We'll take a deep dive into a BYU legacy player who opted for a long way home of sorts and the heritage he represents. It's Deep Blue with Houston Haymuli. We've also got our own version of a senior send-off, an extended sit-down conversation with several Cougars playing their final games at BYU Plus, Q&A with the guys, and a look ahead to the regular season finale in Palo Alto, the penultimate game of BYU's independence era at Stanford. Like I said, huge show. Let's take this Tuesday night party to another level as we bring in now the head coach, Kalani Satake. What's up, guys? Folks, welcome, Hazel. welcome. Get my label. Oh, yeah. Hazel Haymuli delivering All right. the goods. Here we go. Our coach. I don't know if this lady's going to make it to the end of the show. <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah. Feel free to enjoy that at any point yeah. throughout the show. This is a, this is a little a hungry. Show. Yeah. <laughs> Dig into the airheads, the M&Ms, whatever. Uh, welcome back. And first and foremost, congratulations on getting to bowl eligibility with the win against Utah Tech. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, last game you know, of the season at home. And so uh, glad we got the win for the seniors and outgoing players. And, um, you know, it was a good game. I mean, not, not a, nothing perfect, but... Uh, you know, there's there some things that, that uh, obviously some mistakes along the way, but uh, really proud of the boys and the, the way they were able to finish the game and, and get the win for the, this extra time. I mean, I've said it before that the uh, goodbyes are inevitable, um, but now this can delay a little bit longer. We yeah. can enjoy some practices along the way before we get to the bowl game. Certainly. As the independence era widens down and with Power 5 conference affiliation on the near horizon, What's your mindset right now in late November as you push for another no-loss November and, and try and take some momentum as you move into the Big 12? Yeah, I think the, the goal here is to finish strong and, and um, you know, do something that no BYU team has been able to do before, and that's beat Stanford. And so uh, I think uh, the prep this week is important, but uh, there's, we have a lot of respect for Stanford and their program, their coaching staff, and the players there. So, uh, you know, looking forward to that game and, and going out there to the Bay Area and I think we have some fans out there as well. So uh, just looking forward to being in a different spot, different area. A lot of players have been out there and, and have been in the, on the farm. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just looking forward to, to doing it right and, 
and performing at our best, and then we live with the results afterwards. I know you're a big food guy. Fans are going to have to wait a long tell? time. Okay. <laughs> Fans are going to have to wait a long time before yeah. kickoff. It's 8 p.m. Pacific time. That's 9 p.m. Mountain. And for the East Coasters, get a long nap in that day. But if, are, you, are you good if I send people to you for food recommendations in the Bay Area? Of course. I mean, that, my, my grandpa's from San Mateo, so we have a lot of family in the Bay Area. You know, I served my mission out there. So uh, some, a lot of good places to eat, but... Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm always want to share where there's good places to yeah, get some food. I love that. <laughs> How would you explain the team morale right now after you dug out of a four-game losing streak in October mm. and have now rediscovered the winning feeling with two wins at Boise State and then home against Utah Tech? Well, I know that uh, we went through some adversity in terms of the the win-loss record, but uh, the guys have always stuck together and they've always believed in each other and kept working hard. And I mean, they understand the principle of hard work and. Um, you know, I don't think they wavered in any of that stuff. I think uh, uh, I was really proud of the guys and uh, the opportunity for them to take take it, taking the opportunity and the op- to learn and get better and uh, and to grow and progress as, as a player individually and then to do it as a team. And so uh, we saw a lot of growth you know, through that through that time and some some strength and and overcoming the adversity. And then now seeing that the fruits of your labor working in the off season and uh, in the bye week and and uh, you know, trying to finish it out the right way. There's a, there's a lot of guys that are banged up and still sore, and I think they know that they're going to get some time to rest up after this for the bowl game. And this is a way to empty the tank and just kind of, you know, just basically give it your all and, and knowing that you're going to have some time to rest. One more to go in independence in the regular season format again at Stanford, late kickoff. But before we get to more of the Cardinal, let's revisit some of those highlights and stats presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner as we begin the highlights coach how does the rest versus rust factor play into how things went in the first 20 minutes or so of this game um i don't know how much of that was the the factor in in as much as the uh you know i think utah tech really excited for the game and made some plays and we were stagnant at some points and then gave up some big plays on defense and i weren't really able to capitalize on on uh, some of the some opportunities but it's a it's a game of 60 minutes, so you play every one of them, and the guys gave great great effort. And uh, you know we, we responded in the second quarter, and then I think the second half took care of itself. You just saw Keanu Hill beginning what was going to be a very big day. What did he bring to the field on Saturday to help your team get in the right mindset? Well, there's a lot of weapons there, and, and uh, guys that can make plays, and and so when when teams try to bracket or double team um, Puka and others, usually opens up somebody else. Utah Tech answers with an 80-yard touchdown reception there to go up 13-7, but then BYU, and I know this has been a huge point of emphasis, explosive play this season. You respond right back on that play there with Roberts. Yeah, good to see Chase get that post play. And, and um, I mean, tons of speed, and, and Jaron delivered the ball. We had some good protection on the way. Joey Holbert with an athletic catch for the Trailblazers as they go back up 20-14. to but right here is where BYU ultimately takes the lead. Second touchdown at the time for Keanu Hill, and he counted on his fingers for us there <laughs> to remind everyone. But you would never trail again in the game after Keanu Hill's second big touchdown catch. And then you're a big guy on turnovers and the momentum-shifting plays. What did you see from Jacob Robinson right there? Yeah, Jacob Robinson makes some good plays, and he knew he probably had some opportunities to make some other interceptions, but uh, lockdown coverage. We played a lot of man in that game, and and looks like you know, looks like uh, Kibo can count to three. He, he can count. Yeah. 
He probably wanted to keep counting. You'd have to settle for three all in the first half. Chris Brooks, we weren't sure that we were going to see Chris Brooks again until maybe the bowl game, but he was able to come out and play on senior day. He had over 100 yards, and that Jaron Hall-Chris Brooks running connection seemed to work well nicely or work nicely as well. Yeah, it was good to see uh, you know, Chris get in the game. and. And you know, it was a surprise for us during the week. We didn't expect him, but he was able to get in and make plays for us. Isaac Rex also found the end zone. BYU ultimately putting up 52 points, doubling up Utah Tech 52-26. Joey Hober gets another touchdown catch for the Trailblazers. And then how about this Terrence Fall with Houston Haymooley leading the charge on that last touchdown run? Yeah, it's good to see the Frenchman get it, get his uh, his touchdown and. Happy for him. I think that's his first touchdown of his career, and good to see uh, Houston up there leading the way in the block. Utah Tech continued to call timeout, so were you just like, hey, we're going to go score again then? Is that the mentality that you take in that well, moment? Yeah, I think the, the goal is just to run the clock out. I mean, we had some guys that we gave up a touchdown in the second half on, on uh, guys that were, they needed those reps, but the, um, yeah, it was just a run play, so it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We just, you know, ran the ball and had fly sweep in, in it, and that, that, that's just what happens. But um, yeah, that's just 60 minutes in the game. They, yeah. can, they can, we we can determine how how to play it. And I, I thought it was a clean clean game for the most part. We had some penalties and things like that on defense. We we gave up some big plays on just mistakes. So it wasn't like there was a uh, sense of panic. We just knew we had to settle down, play the game. And in the second half, I thought defensively we did a great job. Um, getting some three and outs and making getting the ball back to our D, our offense and then um, and then get some other guys some young guys some some reps and and um, yeah you don't see Terrence Fall get his touchdown so yeah. that, that's that's the fun part of that game. Those statistics we just put up on the screen presented by Smarty, the location data experts. I want to go back to your previous comment about some things that we could have done better. You mentioned the penalties, 11 for 132 yards. Some of that's out of your control. I mean, officials sometimes will, will make calls that you disagree with. But regardless, I know you want to see penalties cut down. What else are you hoping to shore up before you take on Stanford? Well, the, the penalties are more, more the administrative ones. And so the ones that false start, stuff like that. And in the game, it wasn't really that. It was, uh, you know, finishing plays and trying to – but holding calls at inopportune times. And, and um, But it, it, it's, it's part of the game, you know, and, and – uh, we'll keep working to get better, but we haven't had a problem with penalties for, for a big part of the season. And I think uh, like some of the guys that you can see it was a little bit extra effort and it's playing smart. And uh, they, they probably had a little bit chippiness to them, but um, we, there's a lot of things that we can improve on still going into the last week. But I, again, I say that every week, you know, regardless of, of the result. But uh, I like the team belief and the way that they just power through some things. And, and, and um, I, I like the, the all three phases this, this last weekend was a, uh, they, I felt they complemented each other. And, and that's, you know, we, we came up with a win that everybody expected, but I, I thought, uh, I thought, you know, for us, it was, it was really good to see a bunch of different guys make plays and play some assignment sound football. All right, coach, you can grab a piece of candy for this next part. Uh, this looks nice. I'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait it out. A BYU <laughs> passing attack certainly <laughs> was executing at a very high level, 456 yards, which is a career best for Jaron Hall. Also five touchdown passes, a career high. He had six total touchdowns. Chase Roberts, we just showed you in that highlight recap, was on the case once again. He's inside the film room with Jerem Jordan.
All right, Chase, how cold was that game Saturday? Because I was on the sideline with you guys. It, it was cold. It was pretty cold, and I made the mistake of not wearing any sleeves or tights at all. You were all, that so guy? I was that guy trying to be <laughs> tough, but I should have worn sleeves. My mom was a little mad at me, but. Hey, that's you know what? Mom <laughs> says you need to wear sleeves. Maybe at well, Stanford you're wearing yes, sleeves. Exactly. Might be a little warmer, hopefully, in hopefully, California. We'll see. Spectacular touchdown catch by you. Let's take Thank a look you. at uh, the grab against Perfect. Utah Tech. Okay, let's do it. So I saw him, he was off coverage, and I knew that bringing Puka across, they're gonna, they were keen on Puka, obviously the whole game, double teaming him, triple teaming him, so I knew I just had to beat my guy. So as, he, as, he, as I see him off, outside leverage, um, I felt like I was faster than him and kind of give him a little jab outside, and right as I made that jab, I knew that I would um, be able to get by him, um, use my speed, and then Jaron threw a perfect ball right in stride, I didn't have to break stride or shuffle or anything, and it was a perfect pass by Jaron and a touchdown. That safety probably thought he had a pick there. Maybe. I don't know. He when saw, he, yeah. He I'm turns, sure he but nope, confident. that throw was over <laughs> to you. And that moment, and I love that the uh, ROTC guys are all freaking out, like, they we gotta do push-ups and can't. They don't expect it from 59, per se. <laughs> but uh, when that ball's in the air, yeah. can you hear anything? Because in the stadium, there's sort of this crescendo of the yeah. crowd getting excited. Yeah. No, I, I kind of just focus in right on the ball. Nothing, everything around me is silent, I feel like. And I am locked in and um, going to get that ball. So, nothing really. Spectacular catch. Thank you. I still think your Baylor touchdown is your best one. Yeah. And you've had three good ones now with the East Carolina great move at the goal line. But I let's go back to the that. Baylor game. Okay. The toe drag swag is just too drag good, man. Swag. Is this your favorite of the season of your touchdowns? This was pretty exciting. I mean, it was my first touchdown in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, first home game, and the energy was crazy, sold out game, so I'd, I would have to put that up there for sure. Just putting the hands out, <laughs> yeah. getting the toes in. Yeah. And you looked at the ref like, just give me the thing give I me. want you to give me, <laughs> exactly. which is a touchdown signal. Yeah, exactly. And he did, which is exactly. awesome. And then credit to Jaron. I mean, his his throw was amazing. And, and same with the, the game last week or just, just, just a couple days ago. So, Okay, let's go back to Utah Tech. Okay. There's a second and 25. You're other catching this game. Also yeah. an explosive play. Mm -hmm. Second and 25. Let's just dial yeah. up a 23-yard play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get that 25-yard mark, but... With this route, we go at about 20, and then and then I came back a little bit and was trying to get those extra two yards. Couldn't quite get it, but it was a good game. It was a good game indeed. Okay, Keanu Hill had a monster game as well. He did. Three touchdowns yes. in this one. Amazing. Which of the three did you like the most? I think it, the first one he had, the the one-handed, you know, post corner grab in the end zone. I think we've been running that all week, and uh, he was ready for it, and and he wanted it more than than the DB did. So so that was my favorite. This one right here. Okay, what are you seeing? That great inside move. He, I love how he just fights his hands off, and you can tell that Keanu's wanting this ball more than he is. Uh, makes a good move off the line. He grabs him even, and then he just, you know, rips that rips that arm off, goes up and gets it, and comes up with the spectacular catch. So, credit to Keanu, and uh, he's been working hard all week, and, and he he deserved that. What's it been like with this group of receivers? Because you've yeah. had a bunch of injuries, yet uh -huh. it feels like at least one or two of you every week is ready for that moment. It's yeah. your game sometimes, it's Gano's. Puka's ready every week, right? Brayden. Exactly. No, yeah, I remember Puka saying number six was wanting to, you know, um, on the on the defense to lock up Puka all game. He was like, why aren't they, you know, going to you, you know, and like um, throwing those deep balls. And he's like, this is D1 football, you know? <laughs> like everyone can make plays. And um, it was funny hearing Puka say that. And, and it's awesome to see Keanu step up and, and make those plays because 
this receiver room, it's, there's a lot of great athletes. And when someone's being triple teamed like Puka was, because he's the great player he is, someone's going to step up, and Keanu did that. That's pretty awesome, man. You mm -hmm. and Keanu combined for four. I shouldn't leave Cody Upsound. He's <laughs> fantastic exactly. this year before the injury as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you play Stanford on Saturday. <laughs> Obviously, a big game in that. You want to get to seven, give yourself a chance for eight. You want another P5 win. Yeah. You want to end the regular season on a high note. And Stanford well, has struggled and yeah. had its issues. So has BYU. Mm -hmm. But this is an important game uh, for both teams. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and Stanford's obviously, like you said, one of those P5 uh, powerhouse teams that if we can get a win and gain that momentum going into our bowl game, going into the next season, then it'll be huge. So we're excited for this, this game. Okay, good luck and have fun. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Our thanks to Chase and Jerem. Let's take our first break now with the following reminder. Your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play -play happens on BYU Sports Nation. Join me and Jerem Jordan weekdays, noon Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we'll go deep blue with Houston Haymuli, a BYU legacy player who opted for an alternate route back to Provo. BYU Football with Kalani Satake continues after this. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Smith's, fresh for everyone. Brady Industries, honestly better. And by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Two thumbs up for BYU football with Kalani Satake. We welcome you back. I'm Spencer Linton sitting in for Greg Rubel tonight. BYU senior fullback Houston Haymuli always wanted to play for BYU, but the timing and opportunity didn't pan out for the son of BYU great Lake Haymuli upon high school graduation. Instead, he found the right fit at Stanford. That was not the end of Houston's BYU dream, however, when one door closed in Palo Alto and another finally opened in Provo. This is Deep Blue with Houston Haymuli, presented by Brady Industries, Honestly Better. This is my grandpa Murray. This is my, my mom's dad. Best dad in the whole wide world, right? For my children, best grandfather. When we were little, my grandpa, you know, got us all together, and, you know, he's like, I'm gonna show you guys the haka. It's who you are, I think. It's a Maori, uh, to be proud of their culture. It was really cool to finally get in touch with that, that part of me, and it was interesting. You know, I was like, what is this? What's going on? And I've never seen someone so proud than when he saw his grandsons, his grandkids, you know, be able to do the haka. I'm forever grateful to my father and to my mother and to our children, to Houston, for wanting to know how their heritage really builds the foundation of who we are. The night that Houston got the Stanford call was a late night after a football game. I believe it was the first game of the season, his senior season, right? He had only received previously one offer. Stanford didn't offer him anything yet, but they told him they're interested in him. He has not accepted an offer, and he had a good game. One of my best games of, of my career. And that's when he got a call. Hey, saw what happened at your game, good job. We want to offer you a scholarship. And he's like, the reason is, is your mission. You know, I, I attribute this to my mission was he said, we don't need you now, but we need you two years down the road. So if you go on your mission, this is a perfect fit. And then, then and there, I was kind of like, dang, 
like put God first. And I kind of saw that little miracle happen in my life. I remember a lot of letters my grandpa would send me, handwritten notes where he's like, just know that whatever you're doing is the right thing. My father was already going way downhill and we knew that he was dying. And yet he just hung in there and hung in there because he knew Houston was coming home. When I started to notice the letters were in his handwritten ones and now that news, I kind of started putting it together. You know, in my head, I was just like, dang, I might not see my grandpa. Um, but as soon as Houston came down that escalator at the airport, I said, what do you want to do, son? He goes, I want to go see Grandpa Murray. So we took him straight to um, see Grandpa Murray where he was receiving care. And I made a song, my mission, and um, yeah, so I sang it to him and it was, it was one of those things where like, music brings something different and you know, I just saw him expressing emotion, you know, he started crying. And, and it was one of those things where I was like, dang, like sometimes, you know, you, you may not always have the memory of everybody, but simple moments can bring something back out. And it was one of the most touching things I've, I've had in years, especially seeing him again. Houston was only home for three weeks and then he had to report in to Stanford. What's up, we're at Stanford Stadium. We're gonna go check in Houston's first day. How you feel, Houston? Heck, I'm nervous and excited, <laughs> pumped. So when I got to Stanford, it was kind of, you know, sad, you know, for me because I was like, dang, I really only had four weeks with my family and had to jump right into training, jump right into um, all these different experiences. He felt like the joy that he had playing football was kind of tested there. And that's beside all the, like, the whole pandemic happened while he was there. There was even, like, a time where he couldn't even go to on campus. They, like, had him locked in, like, a hotel forever. The whole season itself, you know, I felt very isolated. I felt very not really comfortable where I was. And there are days I would spend in my room. You know, I'd, I'd wake up just to go to practice and then wake up to do my duties, you know, as a player, as a captain, and I would go home. I wouldn't stay around. I wouldn't talk to people. I would go right home, try to watch a movie, try to find something to distract my mind. But in the back of my head, it was always like, like, you don't belong here. Or it's things like, like, why do you even want to be here anymore? Like, why should you even be around? And that really took a turn almost every single day. As I would call him and just want to reach out, and he would slowly drop hints here and there of what he was feeling and why he was feeling these things. I think for me as his sister, that's where I felt like, okay, he actually he needs more support. You know, whenever I think about my grandpa or whenever my mom, she would like bring something up. I would ask her for advice, like, you know, what 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 do I do? She's like, do you remember when grandpa did this? Do you remember grandpa saying this? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, you're right. He did say this. He raised us in a very, you know, family-loving and gospel-centered home. And I really believe that, you know, when we pray to God and he asks angels to assist, sometimes he'll ask even his most experienced angels, like, who here knows Houston the best? And I can imagine my dad raising his hand, right, and coming to his help just to be there. I remember one time specifically, I was 
just like, dang, I need something. I need to reconnect somehow. And one of my equipment guys, I was like, I want to do a haka, but I want to do it on my own. I'm like, I don't want to see it. I want to know, like, can you lend me a room that I can do this on my own? And so now before the game, he opens his room to me. I sit there and I just do it. You know, I just remembered everything from my grandpa and just like connected with him, I feel like on that level. And again, biggest thing is going back to your roots. You know, I, every time I feel lost, every time I felt, you know, especially during football, I do this and I, I felt rooted again. So the process of coming to BYU was started by season ending and I kind of was in that middle area of like, okay, what do I do next? So I'm talking with my coach and kind of discussing options. And one of them was, he said, yeah, you could try for the league, you know, here's your projections. Or, you know, in my head, I was like, or I can just stop, you know, just stop playing football. But I, I really, I, I still have something I wanted to do. I still wanted to play, I still wanted to do more. I remember when he entered the portal, I got a phone call and he's like, hey coach, just wanted to let you know I entered the portal and, and we, we had a good conversation. I just said, hey, um, deadline to get into school just passed. You know, I don't know if it's going to work out for you to get into school. He called me a few days later. And he's like, got accepted, and I'm in school. Uh, we'll figure out the rest later. And I'm like, okay, um, when are you going to get out here? And he's like, I'm, I'm in the parking lot right now. My my stuff in my car. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this guy just gets things done. Not only the type of impact he has on our team has, has been critical, but the amount of time he's done it in is kind of what, you know, makes me say that with such ease, that uh, his ability to lead and the charisma he has is, is, is unbelievable. Yeah, we were just, we're lucky to have him and brings a good physical presence to the group. And he's not much taller than I am, so I really, I really appreciate that. He won't, but I do, I appreciate that. He's a special, unique individual and really, really happy to have him on our team. Deep Blue with Houston Hamuli, fantastic piece. And, and Coach, I know you've already talked a little bit about it in the actual uh, presentation we just showed you, but what has Houston Hamuli meant to this team this year? He's one of the best leaders I've ever been around. And, and, and uh, I, know, I know everybody um, attributes leadership to what they do on the field, but it's the impact that he's had. You remember Samson Nakua, the impact that he had last year on our team. Uh, Houston's had the same similar impact in, in our team this year and to allow us to overcome some adversity and he's always a positive I mean I, I've never I've never you can't be negative around him and so he's a, and he just uh, I, I look at this the deep blue and I, and I see him and I, and I know his family I know his family's here but he's a he's a legacy kid and not just not because his dad was a one of the best running backs in, in BYU history but it's uh, he's exactly what his grandparents would, would, would want would be happy and proud of and and you can see the legacy that lives in him and his grandparents and his ancestors. And uh, I mean, the fact that he's out here doing this with us in our program uh, is very special. And he's, he's going to have a great life and, um, and a lot of success. And so I just, I'm honored to be his coach and really happy that he's here on our team and that he's, he's one of our leaders. Well said. Houston and several of uh, your senior players are here for what we're calling an additional senior send-off. So let's welcome in a handful of these BYU football seniors to join Coach Tatake in Studio C. What's up, guys? 
All right, prepare yourselves. Hilarity is about to ensue. Okay, we're, we're gonna have we're gonna have a good time here. Matt Criddle, Chris Jackson, Houston Haymuli, of course, uh, Lorenzo Fawatea, Joe Tukwafu, and Earl Tuioti Mariner. We appreciate you guys being here. It's uh, and Houston. We'll start with you. Your deep blue feature just aired. Everyone uh, loves you even more now than they did before. Um, great to have you here uh, on uh, the Coach's Show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Appreciate it. You got your candy lace. I told Coach earlier, feel free to uh, dig into those, whatever. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, informal, low-key. You, you do what you need to do. Okay, we're going to uh, pass the microphone around and ask a bunch of questions for now, if you're okay with that. And so I'll call you up by names. Um, first of all, this one is for, we'll start with uh, Joe and Earl in the back. Okay, so Joe. What's the favorite item you found in your locker on senior night? Um, I'd have to say a uh, picture of my, my, my brother that I lost in COVID. Mm. Uh, that was, there were some other great items, but I cherish that one the most. Love it. How, do you always... how do you handle the emotions of that moment in, when, when you see that in there? It just, it fires me. It fuels me. It, it gives me the motivation and things that I need for a game. And so it was good to see that. Great stuff. All right, Earl, same thing for you. What was your favorite item in the locker on senior night? Um, my favorite item probably was uh, my, my wife had like an Aquaman cutout, and then she put my face on it. <laughs> Are you a big Jason Momoa guy? No, no. It's, it's kind of an inside joke. It's a long story. But uh, she like taped uh, a wife beater tank top on it because I always wear that all the time. So... Yeah, that was pretty funny. We're going to have to supplement this for the re-air of the show. <laughs> we, we may be pestering you for that. That's great stuff. Okay, next question, uh, Zoe, for you and Matt Criddle. What was senior night like overall, the emotions of the entire night and game? Um, it, was, it was just, it didn't really hit you until, like, we actually did the walk. And uh, it was just, you played the game, you played football, you, were, you prepared the same. And then it wasn't until like we all came together and we walked. I was like, dang, this is really it. So the motions were there. It was motivational. So, I mean, that's what it was for me. But. Okay, we'll have you throw that up to Matt. Matt, what was senior night like for you? Well, considering that I've had two senior nights now, <laughs> <laughs> um, last year was actually probably more emotional uh, because my wife had a ton of my family members uh, write a letter to me and she had the stack of letters in my locker and I I read one of them and I started like crying before the game so I was like we can't do that again this year I can't go onto the field crying this year and so I tried to just avoid distractions this year and uh, and play the game and uh, and have it be more normal and I actually I, I've enjoyed both my my senior nights uh, the first one was a little more emotional. This one was a little more serious. Then we got to, you know, do all the stuff after the game, which both were good in their own way. So great stuff from Matt Criddle. Okay, to your left, Chris Jackson. And when you talk to any of your coaches, Chris, they love you like they love Houston Haymuli. Mm -hmm. What has our playing at BYU done for you to prepare you for the next stage of life? Um, I would say, I really think when I first came in, I wasn't the nicest guy. I was kind of like to myself, 
because I came from a whole different world. But um, that love and learning stuff is like a real thing. And I think Kalani, one thing he has taught me a lot is just being kind to people and really checking on the women in your life. That's very important. Checking on people regardless, all the people that you love, and really just telling them that you're there for them and you love them. I think that's one thing that's going, that I'm going to take with me. And um, really just being humble. I'm way more humble than I used to be when I first came in. And um, really just controlling what you can control. I feel like when you shouldn't stress out over the things you can't control. You really in, And giving you 100% to everything you do. I think that's the, what I've really learned at BYU. And it's so much more being disciplined. And it's a lot that goes into it. And those are the things I can definitely like take with me. I'm ready for the book from Chris Jackson, Life Lessons with Chris. <laughs> you cool you with that? <laughs> Great stuff. Okay, we'll throw it down to uh, Houston now. Houston, it's only been one season, but what's been your favorite thing about taking the field in front of Cougar Nation, whether at home at Lavelle Edwards Stadium or on the road? Oh, well, BYU's fans are just amazing anyways. Like, you are coming out on the field, can't hear your thoughts. I have bad hearing anyway, so it's not a good combination. But it's just been awesome seeing all, all the support. You know, and coming somewhere where there are not that many fans and not, not, not that system, uh, BYU has been amazing. And I felt like I've been more uplifted by you know, the fans here than I've been anywhere else. It's been amazing. Did anybody have a Jason Momoa cut out of you in the wife beater tank top anywhere? Not quite, but we had a Naruto Uzumaki head cut out of me. Um, <laughs> same size head, so he just, like, took up half my locker. But it was good. Like, my family did an amazing job. I loved it. <laughs> I told you this would be hilarious. This is awesome. This is fantastic. Keep it right? going. Yes, more, the more the merrier. All right, uh, Coach Pope needed to get involved in this show somehow, even though he's in the Bahamas getting ready for uh, uh, a basketball tournament with his team. After the Missouri State game, he said that Daryl Bevel, who is the quarterback's coach and pass game coordinator for the Miami Dolphins, helped him develop a play, a football-inspired play, for the final game-winning bucket for BYU basketball against Missouri State. Here's that soundbite from Coach Pope. Let's talk about uh, the last play. Interesting drop, uh, a, a unique look. What was that about? So, actually, my dear friend Daryl Bevel is in an off week right now. And so we've been talking about inbounds against pressure. And so he's just given us a collection of routes. We went to Daryl Bevel three today. Uh, we have Daryl Bevel one through five. And um, Dallin Hall made it work. It was actually super fun. What were you anticipating what happened if you gave them that look on that play? Well, I didn't know how much pressure they were going to want to exert. So, you know, they had a decision to make if they were really going to sell out on it or if they were going to be a little bit soft. And they, they, they extended full court, but they were a little soft. So Dallin got a really clean catch. We thought we might get him downhill around the corner, kind of have a tiki in and dunker and get in at the corner. Uh, but Dallin just made an unbelievable playoff two feet. And um, it's super fun, man. Coach, mm-hmm. how would you rate the execution of the Bevel 3? That's a great play. But here's the problem. Um, Bevel and, and Pope are in the same ward. <laughs> so now they've just opened Pandora's box. I'll never hear the end of it at church. <laughs> so everyone's going to get a bunch of plays drawn up for me. But it obviously works, so I probably need to, need to open that up a little bit. But, no, that, that was great execution. And, uh, yeah, it, it was like a drag route from uh, – Dallin you know, Hall. Yeah, from Dallin. And, and he uh, – <laughs> He didn't pass it. He just went and shot. So that, that, it worked out. Houston, let's pass it back to Chris. Chris, how, how would you rate the route by Dallin Hall, who received the basketball there? 
I think it was a good route. I ain't never seen nothing like that before in my life. <laughs> I ain't never like I, I played basketball, but I think that was kind of smart what he did. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, a new look, great stuff. Yeah. Okay, uh, don't go anywhere, guys. We we we're only about halfway through here on BYU football with Kalani Satake. Still on the way. We're gonna grill the outgoing BYU seniors with some randomly awesome questions as we enter the game show portion of this show tonight when BYU Football with Kalani Satake continues. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. I'm Spencer Linton here with Coach Satake and six of his senior football players. Now we enter the game show portion of tonight's show. We're going to play Never Have I Ever and each of the players and coach have been given a sign that either says, I have or have never. I will present a scenario and you, be truthful, have to show the side of the card that answers that question appropriately. Typically you do it like with fingers and like if your fingers go down, the person with the most fingers remaining wins the game, but whatever. The points don't matter tonight. We're just here to embarrass you and that's what we're gonna do. Okay? All right. that, that's what this has become about. Okay. Never have I, and again, for example, I would say never have I ever made a speaking error on a live TV show because of clearly I'm perfect in a live TV format. Right, Coach? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. made a mistake. Never seen it. Okay. I'm going to pay for this later. Uh, okay, you guys, number one, and hold up your sign to answer this. Never have I ever fallen asleep during a team meeting. <laughs> oh, Matt, Matt, Zoe, you, you're Wait. waffling? Okay, you have, okay. Matt, you've never fallen asleep during a team meeting. Wow, that is, that is impressive. Okay, number two. Never have I ever learned and tried to execute a TikTok dance. <laughs> okay. Matt, you're two for two. Chris, you're not a TikTok guy? Houston should have three signs. Coach, I know you're a big TikTok guy with your daughters, right? I have kids, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. You got to get that going. We are talking about the gritty during one of the commercial breaks. Okay, next one. Never have I ever eaten something off of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zoe with the delayed turn. Okay. What's appropriate? Is it, is it the three-second rule? Is it the five-second rule? Ten-second rule? You can, if you can wipe off the dirt, eat it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. This one, these are going to get specific here. Never have I ever misspelled asparagus to lose a spelling bee. Houston, hey, Mooley, <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> Your brother put me up to that one. Your brother put me up to that one. Asparagus. I didn't know what asparagus was. So <laughs> do you know what Spell asparagus it. is now? Oh, we don't have to right now. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it during the break. Let's <laughs> All right. Next one. And I got to throw myself under the bus here. Never have I ever recently run slower than a 5.16 second 40 yard dash. I ran a 5.16, but I'm like 40 years old, okay? <laughs> Can all of you beat a 5.16 right now? Yes. In an actual run? Yeah. I hope so. Chris is ready to run. Chris runs like a 4.16. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. On we go. Never have I ever been to another country. How many of you have been to another country? Has everybody here, Chris, you've never been to another country. Do you have a desired destination? Like, where would you go? Pick, give Chris the microphone here. Where would you go if you could pick any country in the world? Probably France. You'd go to France? Yeah, I'd go to France. Why France? Just a new experience, really. Okay. All right, we're starting a GoFundMe now. <laughs> for UA football players. Let's all go to France. Senior yeah. celebration to get Chris to France. Great stuff. Okay, a few more. Never have I ever finished a paper in school that was due the very next day. Or maybe the next minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got me, got me up. Wow, wow, you never procrastinate homework ever? <laughs> okay. Um, and then finally, never have I ever sang a song live in front of at least 100 people. Have any of you done that? You have sung in front of more than 100 people, Coach. Mm -hmm. it was a, it was a, a coach's uh, tournament, golf tournament, and then they make the new guys do it, so I did it. Bob Marley, easy stuff. <laughs> well, the, yeah, that deserves some claps, huh? Bob Marley, the coach. What song was it? It was Three Little Birds. Easy one, right? So. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Who's the best singer in this group here? It's you, Joe. It's Joe. Joe, you got a good voice. Okay. Criddle's just trying not to sing, but he looks like a he looks like an undercover singer here. You. <laughs> Matt, were you ever invited to be in a boy band? Be honest. Yes. <laughs> 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 I love it. There you uh, go. Great stuff. Good sports for playing along with that. Thanks, you guys. Uh, we're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. More class for that. Yeah, really, really fun segments. Never have I ever missed a BYU basketball with Mark Pope show. Okay, that's also a lot. But next Wednesday, not Tuesday, Join us for the next episode of BYU Basketball with head coach Mark Pope, November 30th, 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain Time. Coming up next, we'll take some of your social media questions for coach and these fine seniors with us in studio when BYU Football with Kalani Satake returns on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics. And by Smarty, location data experts. Welcome back to Studio C in Provo. Now, as promised, our question and answer portion of the show, where we take the best social media questions that have been submitted using the hashtag Satake Show. And we begin with at Grizzfather, who asks, can any of these seniors out-eat Coach Satake? Head-to-head <laughs> -head challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo throws up the I have sign. <laughs> Coach, you that's buying kind of, that? That's a loaded question, man. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know if I'm supposed to be offended or proud of it. <laughs> Mixed emotions there. Okay, great question from Matt, Chris' father. Zoe, you take the win there. <laughs> At Corm Storming answers, or asks rather, why should athletes sign at BYU? What's the biggest benefit to being at BYU? Um, let's see. Matt, let's have you answer the why, why or what um, advice would you give to an athlete considering BYU and why they should sign at a, at a program like BYU? For me, it's uh, the culture. It's, it's a very different culture than you're going to get. I mean, I can't really answer that as well as, you know, guys like Houston or some of our transfers, but um, just from the things I've heard, about other programs, you know, you just get a very different culture, a very different feel, kind of like what Chris was saying earlier, uh, with the love and learn culture that we have here. Um, uh, there's not um, kind of this feeling of fear. You kind of just have the feeling to go out, play your best, um, and deal with whether it's good or bad, you know, the results that happen on the field. So um, that's what I've loved the most about being here at BYU is the, the things I've learned from my coaches, uh, Kalani's, um, you know, a big proponent of that. Uh, just going out, not having any fear, and just playing with with love and and learning every day. So, I feel like any young kid that's considering, you know, college football, BYU should be at the top of the list. All right, let's hand the microphone back to Lorenzo here. For any of the seniors, we'll have a few of you answer this. What's the favorite game of your BYU football career, and why? That comes from at L Welch twenty one. Um, obviously, there, there's the Utah win, but I think my favorite game that I've played in or win was uh, the Tennessee in 2019. I forgot what the stadium's name is, but that stadium was probably the biggest stadium like we've played in or even like seen, and probably the loudest. So just being able to like silence 90,000 fans is like probably was like my favorite feeling and being able to hear myself cheer because at first I couldn't hear myself talk or anything but and yeah. that was the night you out ate coach Satake <laughs> that was the night yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was on the plane we had a competition <laughs> for the record it's Neyland Stadium oh, Neyland and Stadium. it is remarkable for sure yeah. sure yeah great memory right there okay Earl best win or favorite win that you've experienced at BYU and why um I'll probably just have to say the Utah game just because uh, we we finally broke the streak, and it meant a lot to us to finally beat these guys. Because uh, we should have beat them many years, but we just didn't get it done for some reason. And um, so yeah, now we can say that we're the best in the state. So it's cool. All right. <laughs> and the streak of uh, days since Utah has beaten BYU continues, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, let's keep this thing rolling. I like these good memories. It's making me feel happy inside. Joe, best win you've ever been involved with at BYU? Um, I'd have to go with Utah, too, um, from downtown Salt Lake. Um, I was supposed to go there when Kalani and them were there, and um, it was just a good feeling to be able to get that win back and um, – getting the win column for BYU and that rivalry. And so it's good. Days keep counting, and it's, it's always good to re remember that. Awesome. Okay, hand it up to Houston. Uh, this from your brother, at X underscore Hems. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> for each senior, including you, Houston, what is your final message to fans across Cougar Nation? Final message. Um, I just want to say thank you to all the fans out there. You know, as I said before earlier, um, I've never felt so supported, you know, in my career and 
because you're amazing people. So I really appreciate that. And keep showing love to the players. You know, we're all human. Just keep showing love to coaches. We're all human. And, you know, we're trying to learn and grow. Awesome. Okay, Chris, I'd like you to answer that question as well. Final message to Cougar Nation. Um, honestly, I'm just I'm going to do what, something that I've been working on this year. I really just think just putting God first, just including him in everything, just at least I'm reading your Bible every morning, praying every morning, and really just finding a way to put in first. I feel like when you put in first, everything else is going to fall into place. That's something that I, that I start doing and I'm working on. We appreciate those answers. Let's give a hand for the seniors answering some questions on social media. BYU TV and BYU Radio will provide full pre- and post-game coverage of the Cougars' regular season finale against the Stanford Cardinal. Late kickoff in Palo Alto, but it's worth it. Stay up, get a nap, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. So our two pre-game coverages will begin with BYU Sports Station game day on the TV side, 9 Eastern. Cougar pre-game live on the BYU Radio side begins also at 9 p.m. Eastern. Then join us on TV and radio for the extensive post-game shows following the Cougars and Cardinal. As we take another break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. Over the last 20 games between BYU and Utah, how many have been decided by single digits? That answer? Coming up next when the show continues. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Here's tonight's trivia question. Over the last 20 games between BYU and Utah, how many have been decided by single digits? The answer is 16. Oh, Houston Haymuli was correct. Wow, okay. 16 okay. games, always close, including BYU's 26-17 triumph over the Utes in Provo last year. All right, we now have our uniform reveal. Every episode of the show, we have our guy, Big Travis Hodson, come out and reveal what is going to wear this week at Stanford. It is the Royal Oreo. Okay. It's only been worn one time. That was last year at USC, and that was a victory in California. So goodbye as BYU goes back to California in yeah. the Royal Oreo. Going back to Cali. As always, special thank you to Josh Hewitt for helping us line up the uniform. We'll talk to you next uh, Wednesday. For producer Hemahe Muli, head coach Kalani Satake, and the seniors who joined us tonight, every member of our crew, I'm Spencer Linton. Good night from Provo and go Cougs! Thank you. You named her 